Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Ready to Mosh. Hello. You alright? Yeah. Good. We're in a different room today. I was going to say, it feels a bit weird. It, it does, yeah. See if it uh, makes any difference to kind of the audio quality, but... Yeah, we've we've moved upstairs to a spare room. We've gone up in the world. Gone up in the world. Literally gone yeah. up in the world. I guess the other big news before we get on with the news is it's snowing. Yeah, very heavily. Can do without that. Mm. Right, actual news then. Actual news. Music news. Yeah. Want to go first? Yes, my first piece is Dave Lombardo has or is going to release his first solo album on the 5th of May. I did not know that. Yeah, and it's, from what I've heard, it's fucking weird. Weird, okay. It's a, it sounded like it was just purely drum driven, of it that you'd kind of expect, but. Well, it's just an album of drums. Pretty much, yeah. Oh. And it sounds very much a jazz album. Oh, you put me right off. Yeah, I'm not. I'll listen to a couple of bits, but if that's the way it's going, then nah, not for me. Mm, don't do jazz. No. Bit of jazz No hands. time for jazz. Here and there, wave the hands, but no actual jazz. My first one, then, is that Godsmack have cancelled their South American tour due to poor ticket sales. So apparently there was only three dates, I think, anyway, in April, which had been postponed from November due to logistical issues. And then they came out last week and cancelled those. And by their own admission, it is due to the low ticket sales. Although some reports also mentioned that it hadn't actually been that well publicised. So people weren't even aware they were doing said tour, which might explain it. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you're a fan, if you're a fan, surely you'd know. In this modern day and age, you follow them on social media and such like. You think so? Yeah. Um, apparently the US tour that they're doing with I Prevail in spring is still going ahead, though. Okay. My next one is that Enter Shikari have released another new single. And it's called Bloodshot. Not had a chance to listen to it yet. Neither have I. But I'm sure we will. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's kind of just waiting for the album now, isn't it? Yeah, which is out in May. Yeah. Next, I've got that Nurgle off of Behemoth is going to be in court once again, this is an ongoing case over the last four years, for offending religious feelings, which apparently was just four people who complained or whatever about this. Hmm. So um, due to him stomping on a photo of the Virgin Mary in 2019, it's kind of been in court and out of court since 2021 now, I think, originally. And it's due to go back in May, I believe, Allegedly, it could lead to a two-year prison sentence. I'm kind of hoping not, because I want to see him a download. But, yeah, we'll wait and see um, what happens with that. There's various other details involved with that, which I won't read all of those out. But, yes, go and look it up if you're interested anymore on that one. Probably be a fine slap on the wrist. Yeah, I mean... Don't got, do it again. It's got kind of form for this thing, hasn't it? It just depends how... how it depends what, who the judges the are yeah. They want to be, I guess, in yeah. Poland, because obviously it's a very different culture over there, a very Catholic country, so... We'll see. Next up, it's the biggest festival in the UK, for size and, I suppose, technically popularity. And it's Glastonbury. They've finally done their first announcement. And it was actually the smallest announcement they've done in kind of like the number of bands. And the, I suppose, the worst kept secret is that Guns N' Roses are one of the headliners. 
which I'm quite happy about. I'm sure you are. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's looking at it. There's a few bands that I you know I'm looking forward to seeing. Guns N' Roses, Manix, War on Drugs are a few. So yeah, we'll see. Well, I'll see what it's like when I'm there. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not overly fussed at this point that I'm missing out on that one. There are, I think when I can't stop, there are about five or six that I would probably definitely want to watch. Yeah. And about five or six that I might watch just because I was there. And with Guns N' Roses, I probably said it before anyway, but I want to keep my 2018 memory sacred. So if I don't see them again, then I've got that. Well, I've read somewhere that Guns N' Roses are actually doing almost like a co-headline with Lizzo. Yeah, I heard that as well. So it will probably only be an hour and a half. But having said, roses. having said that, then a lot of people have actually complained about the fact it's an all-white male headline setup. Clearly missing the point of... Slash that well-known white male. Yes, and the drummer from Guns N' Roses whose name passes me by at this moment. And then there's also, is it Melissa on keyboard for Guns yeah. N' Roses as well? Another well-known yeah. white male, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think the people who are obviously predominantly male, but at the same time, the people it's, just are assuming that it's just Slash and act, Well, not even Slash, just Axel. Probably just Axel, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, one of the things that I do find quite funny is that it's going to be my first Glastonbury, and I've already seen two of the headliners before. You have, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time it's happened that I've seen mm-hmm. the majority of the headliners. Yeah. And I will also be disappointed if you don't go and see Monoskin on my behalf. If oh, yeah, I forgot they were there, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I expect a full report on them. We'll if, see. If they don't do any of the UK dates. We'll see. <laughs> Following up with another festival announcement then, this is another one for Derby Altfest. They've added a few new bands kind of on the general lineup, and also the Chosen By You announcement for the Wednesday. So additions to the general lineup include Street Soldier, Sertraline, who are now called Waterlines. I think I've got that the right way around. And Portrayal of Ruin and No Setting Sun. And the Chosen by You winners, which were done by a poll a few weeks ago, five bands have been picked to open on the Wednesday evening, which are Seventh Sea, Regicide, Recall the Remains, Drip Fed Empire and Karma's Puppet. Oh, Drip Fed Empire. I like Drip Fed Empire, that'd be good. Yeah, we heard them at Mangata last year, but we were hiding in the shade at that point. We were, yeah. But they did sound awesome, so I'm very much looking forward to actually seeing them. And then they've also got their final headliner for the Friday night. It's going to be announced next month. Spoiler, it's a very heavy one. And a couple of extra special guests to drop between now and October. So Mm. more to look forward to there. And then I've also got a tour announcement. There's been quite a few this week, including Fallout Boy playing some small venues that sold out very quickly, unsurprisingly. But this one is Employed to Serve, who we saw the other week with Gajira, have announced their biggest UK headline tour since 2020. And it's very small venues, so I highly recommend if you're in any of the places they're going to at the end of October, early November, going along. For example, the Nottingham one is at the Bodega, which is 200 capacity. And other small venues I'm aware of are small, include the Club Ifa back in Cardiff and um, the Key Club in Leeds. So, yeah. It's on a school night, though. A Monday. On a Monday. It'll be a late finish. I could always work from home the next day. Yeah, yeah that's fine. That, that might be an option. Yeah, I'd definitely be having a look at tickets. They go out tomorrow as we speak, so by the time this goes out, they'll already be on sale. And finally, we have got one more news item, but we don't know what it is yet, because yeah. today is Thursday, the 9th of March, and the Stone Dead special 
guests are being announced tomorrow on Friday the 10th of March, but we wanted to get the bulk of the recording done as usual. So we're going to be popping in a bit from the future just after this. It's a future jam. And future Gav. Maybe. Once we know what that announcement is tomorrow. Hello, it is Kevin Jem from the future. Hello. Hello. Bringing you the Stone Dead announcement. Announcement. Standard announcement announcement? Yeah. The results of the announcement. Oh, okay. Whatever the word is. The insertion. Okay, so anyway. (laughs) Stone Dead announced that their special guests are Black Star Riders. Yeah, I'm really pleased with that. So am I. I don't think I've seen Black Star Riders before. No, I have. They supported... I think it was White Snake and Def Leppard okay. on an arena tour about, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And they were good. So happy yeah. to see them again. Yeah, a good addition. So, yeah, looking forward to stand up now. Yeah, well, we were looking forward anyway. Well, we but, yeah, and back to the past. Right, our review this week is the new album from Enslaved called Heimdall. That 16th album. Yeah, a hell of a lot of albums they've got through. I just didn't realise. Yeah, it's one of those bands that they've just always been, been there. there. Really. Yeah. And then you actually stop and think about how much they've done, and it's like, whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, and it's although it's forty-eight minutes long, it is quite. It feels quite a massive album because mm. it's seven tracks. Yeah, long songs on there, aren't they? Mostly. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The the smallest comes in at just under six minutes and goes to over eight minutes. So yeah. very long. Uh, first track behind the mirror. This one's got a very slow build intro. In fact, the first time I listened to it, I pressed play whilst I was working and forgot to press and play. And I thought that my laptop was making a funny noise, but it was indeed a horn sounding the introduction <laughs> to the track about 40 seconds in. So yeah, slow build. Yeah, very slow build. It's not what I expected. It's about two and a half minutes before anything really happens. Mm, yeah. And then Just kind of building an atmosphere. Quite, yeah. It does quite kick in, doesn't it? It's kind of heavy but mellow. Yeah, I've got almost prog rock and quite mellow. Yeah, it's kind of a, a mix of speeds, some different layering in there. Ethereal at times, hints of black metal. Yeah, definitely. I have to say, actually, just before we go on to any of the other tracks, I did find this one a bit hard to write about because there's so many things going so on. Much shit and going it's on so in there, quite yeah. different, isn't it? And the first time I listened to it, I'm like, I like this. And I came to actually write about it and I was like, I don't know what to, how to describe this. <laughs> yeah. That's the, uh, I suppose it's the kind of like prog rock to feel, I think, throughout it. Yeah. Uh, second track, Congelia. I thought this one was the most traditional one in yeah. terms of the most kind of black, extreme kind of metal going through it. I thought the intro was quite behemoth esque as well, the guitar yes. in it. So, yeah, I get that with the intro. It's got really strange middle section, though. Yeah, I was going to say midsection, random layers. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah, that just kind of tails off before it comes mm. back really heavy again. And it goes quite fast. It's almost overwhelming at times. Yeah. And relentless. The se- noise. Yeah, it's like the second half of it is something else. Yeah. So it's almost like it's two tracks split, mm. in well, cut into one. Yeah, which to be fair, it's eight minutes long, so that's generally for most bands two tracks. Well, yeah, <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Yeah. Uh, track three, Forest Dweller. This was one of my favourites. Yeah, same. Yeah, I love the guitar kind of solo opening on it. And I think it's more clean vocals going through this one. Yeah, it's a mixture of um, kind of mellow and that insane sort of guitar mm. and vocals really kicking through it. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, a, it, this is what I'd say is black metal pro rock. Yeah, I've got 
psychedelic keys midsection freak out (laughs) (laughs) okay and then it kicks in very heavy with some more black metal coming through it isn't it so yeah we're we're sounding quite sort of uh similar on this Mm. i thought it ended quite suddenly this one yeah it did Mm, very suddenly yeah that's that then yeah this is one of the shorter ones this one's only just under six minutes and four of these tracks have actually been on an ep or previously oh i didn't know that Mm. yeah i'm assuming that's probably forest dweller kingdom yeah forest dweller that was the name of the ep um this one congelia kingdom and caravan and they've released recently the eternal sea as a single with a video as well okay well, on to track four, Kingdom. This is another of my favourite. Yeah, same. Exactly. I've, I've got mm. a couple on here that really stand out for me, and this is the yeah. second one. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like almost uh, electronic sort of vibes through it, and lightning fast guitars. Yeah, I've got down some frenetic chords. Oh. It's a big word. Um, but kind of thrashy and some really kind of almost weird riff structures to it at times, I thought. Yeah, it's almost, I mm. thought this was almost hypnotic, kind of listening to it. Yeah, it kind of swaps between prog and metal, but then there's this kind of melody that goes throughout it, interspersed. Yeah, yeah I, do, I do like this one. Mm, yeah. Number five. The Eternal Sea. Yeah, I thought this was more slower to start with, like a cinematic intro. I've got a heavy 70s, expansive, audible Pink Floyd sound. Wow, there's a quote. There's a quote, yeah. We could use that. Yeah, slower cinematic intro. I've got dirty chords. Dirty chords. I can't say dirty chords. Quite a disjointed vocal, but then some clean vocals coming through as well. And then about five minutes in, I thought the kind of black metal vibes really kicked in again on this one. It's almost kind of stable, and then you've got a really nice guitar work Mm. coming in. Okay. Uh, Track six, Caravan to the Outer Worlds. I really like the bass line in this one and the slow atmospheric beginning. Interesting you mentioned the beginning because to me it sounded like a black metal version of Insomnia by Faithless. Really? I'm going to listen to it again after and try and see if I get that. Listen to it now. Listen to it now, okay. Yes, I kind of get that actually. I hadn't (laughs) spotted it myself, but yeah. That was all I thought about when I first heard it, it was Insomnia. Um, anything else on this one? I've got a few more bits. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a brutal onslaught of guitars, vocals, percussion, before it mellows out. Yeah, I've got that as well. I've got thrashy, doomy midsection, guitars hit hard and then melodic. Yeah. Quite harsh vocals in this one again. Yeah, very much. And then track seven is the title track, Heimdall. And I thought this sounded a little bit like Mortis at the beginning. Oh, okay. I, I didn't get that, but I don't really listen to Mortis that much. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I listen to a lot of Mortis, yeah. yeah. And it kind of... What the hell have I written here? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that was it, yeah. So it goes down kind of a lot of different turns through the eight minutes and mm. many different styles. Yeah, I thought it had a very black metal intro, quite slow, doomy, chuggy and another epic guitar solo in there. And I thought about halfway through in particular, it really flipped to a new song. Yeah. went a lot faster. And again, many kind of style changes within, which we've seen throughout the album, really. Yeah. It's, mm. a, it's, it's been interesting to get something that we might not have normally listened to. Yeah, I thought when we picked this one from this week's releases, I guess, I thought yeah. it was probably going to be more me than you. 
I wasn't quite sure how you were gonna. Uh, I, I, yeah, no, no problem. I think yeah. it's a good album. Mm. Uh, it's you know, it's not my favourite album of the year, but I, th- I think it's it's decent. Yeah, there's a couple of tracks in particular that really stand out. Yeah, my overall summer of it was just a mix of black metal and prog psychedelic, hints of doom, quite experimental, and a thread of kind of just traditional enslaved going throughout. Yeah. So out of ten, I gave it an eight. I'm saying seven. So does that go seven and a half on the spreadsheet, if it's an average, or do we have our own? I don't know, I think we'll... Do we have a column each and then an average? Yeah, maybe. We need to get that spreadsheet started. I know, I know. Time, time, time. But yeah, we'll get that done and then we can start putting stuff up. But yeah, back to this one. If you do want to listen to something different, definitely give it a go. Main section now, and this is actually a few days later than the rest of the episode because the event only happened last night. So it is my review of Phil Velo at Rock City. Yeah, which I managed to avoid. You did, yeah. Yay. If anyone listened to the Phil Velo album review, you will know that Kev is not a fan. <laughs> I can't remember any of your specific quotes, but we had differing opinions on the album. Yeah, I think it was one about nailing my foreskin to a table. Something be a like preferred that. option, yeah. Yeah. So after some umming and ahhing, I mean, to be fair, you were never particularly on board with going anywhere. I just bought the tickets. Just on a whim. Just on a whim, because, you know, why not? Mm. And then you just decided, didn't you, that you were Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. for me. As, as, the, as the gig got closer, and there was something else that was on the same night. There was, yeah. You had an alternative option, and the gig was sold out, so I thought, well, I could put them on Twickets anyway, but I knew someone at work who wanted to see the support band, so they bought your ticket. Yeah. So, anyway, so it's a solo review coming in for this one. Yep. So I've got some questions for you. Okay. I suppose first one, what was the... What Did it look sold out? Did it feel sold out? Yes, it was. Because the... we, we've had bad weather recently, and I didn't know if that would put people off. Oh, no. It was the biggest queue I have ever seen outside of Rock City in many years of going to Rock City. Hmm. Yeah. How far back were you queuing? Um, well, you know, normally when you go to Rock City and the queue's long and it goes around the corner towards the car park, um, yeah. I appreciate this means nothing to anyone who's not been there, hmm. but it goes around the corner kind of where the buses are for the bands and the loading area and all of that. It stopped at the entrance to the multi-storey car park road hmm. and carried on up the road. Jesus. Yeah. I don't know if he was there or not. Well, yeah. So, yeah, and so I came out and David was always in the queue and he was a little way back up the road. I couldn't see the end of the road, the end of the queue going up Talbot Street. I didn't actually take a photo of it either. I was just a bit stunned, to be honest, like, whoa. Christ, that is. because he'd messaged me to say the queue's a bit big, so I just thought it was probably bending around towards the car park. Yeah, that's... Which is probably the longest we've queued, yeah. I've never known it that big before. Mm. I think when we've been together all separately, it's kind of gone back to the loading area, but that's yeah, been about it. Exactly. So there was a dude on the the road where you go into the car park, just stopping people. Once the queue started moving, you kind of had to wait, obviously, so you weren't queuing across the road. Yeah. I think because I got there, was it about 20, 25 past? I joined into yeah. where my place was being held. And they did open the doors bang on half six, I think, because it, it was moving pretty swiftly once the doors opened. Yeah. And then you'd got a dude further back, just checking people's bags before you got to the ticket scanners. Mm. The steps was normal, so. And then 
merch, just moving on to that, whether you wanted to know about that next yes, or not. Yes, that, well, that was going to be my, that would have been my <laughs> um, next question. I didn't buy any merch. When I got in, when we got in, the merch queue, you know how they have this kind of little civilised queue for merch now rather than a scrum yeah. going along the wall? And mm-hmm. say last time there was probably about four people in front of us. Yeah. There. It was going back up the stairs to the main room. The queue for merch was. Jesus Christ. So I glanced at it as I went past, and they looked like there were some quite cool T-shirts with like, the Heartogram logo on, the updated one that's got the VV imported yeah. into it, and it looked all right, to be fair, but I wasn't going to stand in the queue to get the merch at that point. No, that's... Yeah. You're actually better off kind of like missing a, a song. Yeah. And then just going to go and get merch. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't even think about doing that, really. Could have done that, actually. But, yeah, and obviously on the way out, I was in a hurry to come meet you to watch the rest of your gig, so... Yeah. I didn't I didn't even get to glance at the prices because we were literally on a mission to try Flying and get a decent past, spot yeah. because we knew how busy it was. Mm. So what was the view like where you were? Well, we did, by some unbeknownst miracle of a reason, manage to still get on the balcony. Okay. So we got in and we're like, well, shall we check the balcony on the off chance? Mm. Went up the stairs you'd, we'd normally go to, so you end up facing kind of the right side of the stage as you look at it, and it was pretty full around there. So we moved along towards the left, and as the, what I call the external stairs, the ones that you can actually see going down to the yeah. main room, there was a corner there. So we managed to squeeze, well, we didn't even squeeze on there, there was space yeah. around there, and the bit that's actually the top of the stairs as well was free Mm-mm. so it's quite a nice spot there really different side yeah so it was a good view and also the bit behind there which apparently is the vip area as i found out when i tried to get in once by accident because yeah. i didn't even know it existed yeah was not being used as a vip area so that was all open and there's a couple of seating areas and a tiny bar in the corner that i never knew existed oh. which was pretty empty mm. really it's quite funny you could see everyone queuing at the downstairs bars and there's a dude stood up there with not a lot to do Interesting. So, yeah, because that's usually closed off, isn't it? It's usually got a, one of those posh, what I call a posh rope across it, you know. A red, a red, yeah. a red rope across yeah. it, yeah. But I looked and yeah, there was definitely no rope there. It was a free-for-all, so. Oh, okay. And then that, there's a window bit kind of similar to where the DJ box is. Some people were watching from there because hmm. so, it's a little bit raised up where yeah. the seats are, so they probably had a fairly decent view hmm. from through that window. So that could be something to um, consider for future visits. Yeah, could be. Uh, so who were your support band? The support band, there was only two bands on, one support and then the main act, uh, it was Kaylin Meekler. Who is Swedish? I Icelandic. Guess. Icelandic, okay. Yeah. So kind of dark synth pop yeah. kind of sound. Kind of mixes well with Vilvate Low stuff. Yeah, though. it went well. Um, I did play some a few weeks ago, didn't I? And you thought it was okay? Oh, I, honestly, I can't remember. You're not? No. You said you quite liked it. It's a bit like Ladytron. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah I do they remember. do a few videos. Okay. And how long were they on for? They were on for half an hour. But we had no set time to post it, actually. I've noticed Rock City don't seem to have been doing that so much lately. Because they didn't for Avatar. But at least for Avatar, there were posters up inside with the set times on. But there was nothing. So we had no idea. Of what time things were going to yeah, happen. So they didn't have to come until half seven. I thought they would have been earlier than that. Yeah. So it was like a full hour for doors opening. Yeah, that is a little, quite a long time mm. for a wait. Yeah, and then they were on half an hour, so half seven till eight. Oh, and how many tracks did they play? Um, I'm basing this on the set list from the night before in Bristol because I can't find the set list for Nottingham, Nottingham but um, I'm going to assume it's similar. I'm not familiar enough with their songs to go, yeah, that was definitely right. Yeah. As in, I've been listening to them a bit for the last few weeks, but I couldn't tell you a, a song name. Okay. 
And so roughly how many tracks do you think it was? Um, according to this, it was eight. Eight tracks, okay. So, so kind of, yeah, about four minutes a track yeah. for roughly. Sounds yeah. about right. And what were your impressions? Yeah, I really enjoyed them. I'd watch them again. Mm. Um, they're just a three-piece, but they've got um, they've got the vocalist, a bass player, and then someone on kind of doing the synths and the drums are kind of pre-programmed yeah. back in drums. And the way they got the stage set up was it was almost like curtained off behind them. Mm. So often you get support band, obviously the main act's drum kit would be up anyway, but they're kind of working around it and you can see stuff yeah. almost piled up behind people at times. So it mm. looks quite cluttered, but it was just curtained off. So it was just the three of them stood in front of the black curtain, mm. which I'm not showing you any photos yet, but yeah, when you see them, that will... Put it into more context, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they came on, they went pretty much straight through the full set, a little bit of crowd interaction, but I couldn't hear them very well when they were speaking. So. Was that... Was that because of the position you were at, or...? I don't think so. Just the vocal wasn't that loud when they were speaking, either. Okay. But, yeah, they were really enjoyable to watch quite... A bit like when we watched Alsace, that kind of... You just mesmerise... No, not shoegaze. But just, like, kind of mesmerise, you just zone out to them. Oh, right, so it's it's kind of trance-like. Yeah, that kind of thing. And then quite ethereal movements from the lead singer, dancing around lightly and... Okay. It's, it would make sense when you watch some of the videos. All right. It, so it wasn't like a full-on heavy performance or anything. It was just them on the stage doing their stuff, I yeah. guess. Okay. Interesting. Then how long was the turnaround time? Half was... an hour. Okay. Was there a lot to do? Or... No, which was quite frustrating. They took the curtain down. The drum kit was already set up. They did a few bashes of that and then put the guitars out, so three guitars to set up in a mic stand. Mm. And it was probably done within about ten minutes, and then you, we, we did say when we stood there, why can they not just come on now? It's clearly ready. Yeah. And then we had a little puff of the um, like the dry ice smoke, and then mm. someone else came on with a torch, and it's like, get on with it. But it's, uh, yeah, so it still took 30 minutes from to Yeah, so they'd out. obviously got a half-eight start yeah. worked out. So... I suppose the length of that was that just under an hour and a half then? It was pretty much an hour and a half. It yeah. was literally 10. It, well, it yeah, it's the 10 o'clock curfew. Yeah, but very often it's usually about 10 to, isn't it? But yeah. it was definitely 10 o'clock All right, okay. finish. So whether it had overrun slightly or it was literally to the dot. So, so in theory, you could have come out a bit earlier. Mm. And what was the... Um, I mean, I know the crowd reaction is going to be big for it because it was yeah. a very popular gig, but... Was it just Vilvelo solo stuff, or was there a combination of that and him? It was a combination of him, of him, him as in Vil, and him, the band. Yeah. Um, which I knew in advance, because I'd seen a few set lists banded about, so I knew roughly what to expect. Mm. So he alternated between a VV song and a him song yeah. consistently. Oh, about, okay. That's interesting. Which I knew would be the case. In total, it was 18 tracks, so... Nine each. Nine of each, yeah. I think. Just trying to work it out, yeah. Started with... Oh, actually, no, it might not have been, because he started with a VV song and ended with one. So no, it was. It was nine each, It yeah. was nine each, OK. Well, I think there's only really two songs I'm familiar with that him had done. Which are? Bird, Bird Alive by Love. Yeah. And... Oh, what was the cover... Was it Wicked Game? Yeah, didn't play that. Didn't play that? No. Yeah. So it's probably a good job he didn't go if that was the only one you wanted to watch. To be honest, that's really... They're the only two I kind of know and think are yeah. okay. How much of the stuff was off the new album? 
Well, all the solo stuff. All the solos. Yeah. Oh, well, I suppose it's his, it's his first solo album, isn't it? Yeah. So nine off the album. I can't remember how long the album, how many tracks were on the album, to be honest. I can't off the top of my head. Probably about... Actually, it's quite long, wasn't it, thinking yeah, about it? Yeah, it did. Well, it seemed to last a lifetime <laughs> for me. I'm sure there's about 17 tracks on it, you know. Yeah. I wonder if he mixes it, if he's going to mix that in the during the tour. Yeah, kind of like yeah. nine on the first part of the tour, nine... Yeah. Or eight on the second part of the tour. I mean, there's enough of a back catalogue there as well with the hymn stuff, so... Yeah. I think you're always going to get something. Any particular favourites that stood out? Mainly the hymn stuff, you have to say, and that was obvious with the crowd reaction. They got the biggest cheers of the night. Yeah. Every time an intro, especially the older, like, Funeral of Hearts, Right Here in My Arms, Buried Alive by Love, you know, the old school hymn. Mm. Definitely got massive cheers. Okay. Obviously the new stuff did as well, and you could see that people were singing along to that, but yeah... So people were enjoying that. Yeah. Obviously a crowd made up of old school hymn fans. Well, yeah, you'd expect, wouldn't you? Yeah. And was there much in... I don't suppose there was much in the way of theatrics or... No, it was a fairly um, a basic stage setup, I guess. Just the little Velo logo in the back. Yeah, that lit up in the background. At one point, the lights had that going around. It did get, actually, the glitter balls lit up, which was nice. not seen that for uh, quite some time. Can't yeah. remember. I think it was on When Love and Death Embrace, actually. Yeah. Which was the last track before the encore. All right. Yeah, it sounded nice and twinkly. I've got some footage of that. <laughs> and how long was the encore? Four tracks. Four tracks. Mm. Okay. So who was supporting him? Was it somebody kind of that he's with the Tory musicians? Is it going to be? I don't actually know. Um, actually, just before I respond to that bit, just something else to say while I'm thinking about it, or I'll forget. There wasn't really a lot of crowd interaction from Ville. I don't actually remember him coming on and saying hello even. He kind of did a bit of a thank you before he went off for the encore. And then um, before the final, final track, Saturnine Saturnalia, he at that point did a bit of a speech, like, thank you all for coming. After yeah. da, 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 and he introduced the band. I couldn't really tell what he said their names were, yeah. to be honest. But yeah, that was about it, really, in terms of crowd interaction. So it was pretty much just This is me, this song, is... Yeah, this song, is me, this is... Song. The... Yeah. But anyway, just going back to the band, what I did find odd or a bit I don't know it was just weird hearing him songs and obviously it's his vocal but it didn't look like him so it it was almost yeah. like watching a cover band at times so obviously Bill looks a bit different than he did back in the day he's got his hat on now and is you know yeah different to how he used to have his hair down and all that so it was a different it looked different from yeah. far and then obviously being used to seeing how him the rest of the band looked it was a bit odd in particular. The rhythm guitarist had a bucket hat on, which, I mean, it was a perfectly, obviously good guitarist. It just looked a bit odd in contrast to the songs that were being played. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Because him had a certain look as a band overall, and he looked like he could have been in an Oasis tribute band. Yeah. <laughs> no offence to the man at all, but, yeah, that was something that I kept thinking every hymn track, obviously with the Ville solo stuff then. Yeah. He didn't know any different, but, yeah. Uh, what was it like getting out? Well, actually, uh, because I'd got in the back of my head, I needed to get out anyway. I did sneak off downstairs halfway through the last track. Oh, because you knew what the last track was going to be, or yeah, well, yeah, well, he'd said it was the last. Oh, okay. track, so I knew, and it was also about five to ten. Yeah, so I knew it was about done. So halfway through that, I did actually go downstairs and just stood like at the very back of the stairs at the top of. The, sorry, at the back of the room at the top of the stairs to get ready. Mm. So literally, as soon as they'd got off stage I just zoomed 
my way out because that's the downside of being on the balcony anyway, isn't it? You've got to go through the throng, whatever route you take. Yeah. And knowing how sold out it was because it was full to the back yeah, downstairs. Yeah, it would have taken a while to get out. I just out. can't be doing without at the best of times and with having somewhere else to be straight after. Yeah. Okay. I can't comment. They roared. It was like getting out, but I was fine. Where does it rate for you in your in recent gigs? Oh, I don't know. It's hard to compare because they've all been very different, haven't they? You know, like, for this year, that's the third gig of the year, so obviously Avatar was kind of small-scale theatrical, if you know what I mean. Yeah. In the small screen. Obviously, the Kajira Arena show was huge because it was an arena show, so... Mm. I don't really know how I can compare because I've, I've really enjoyed all of them, but they've all been different. Very different kind of bands as well. Yeah. You know, Napalm Death, Skin Druid. Oh, no, sorry, they that was last, last year. year. Um, yeah. Alien Weaponry, Kajira. Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't... I mean, they're all up there. They're all very good. I don't think I can do a okay. rating on them because well, they're no, different. No, I, I just meant, you know, I just wanted to come out how it kind of rates for you. Mm. And Do you prefer him as him or do you prefer him as Phil Velo? Him as him, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I do like the solo album, but, yeah, him back in the day were, you know... That was up there for you. I mean, I can't really compare it that much to him watching them live back in the day because I don't really remember it that well, you know, because it was so long ago. I think 2006 was the last time I saw them. Yeah, so that's how long Pretty time, sure, yeah. Because I missed out on the farewell tour because it sold out pretty much straight away. Mm. And I didn't realise that resales or whatever could be a thing then. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's your hymn review. It is. Hymn review. No, not hymn review. Well, it's your VV review. VV review, yes. Don't think there's anything else I was going to say that I've not said. Yes, very enjoyable evening. Okay. Let's leave it there then. Right, recommendation time. And this week our recommendation is Internal Conflict, who are a five-piece from Leicester. Their debut album, Aporia, was out in 2021. And if you... I don't know if you like hardcore, metalcore. This is definitely kind of a band that you'll really get on board with. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Having listened to them earlier, yes. Um, they've got some live dates coming up over the next couple of months or so, which include on the 25th of March, they're playing at the Debrek Studios in Derby, along with Beyond Your Design and Recall the Remains. The 29th of April, they're going to be playing Uprising Fest in Leicester at the O2 Academy, which has got a pretty cool lineup. In addition to Internal Conflict, it's headlined by Paradise Lost and subheadlined by Combi Christ. And we have our former recommendations, Palm Reader, on there as well. And then they're also going to be playing the Colville Metal Invasion on the 7th to 8th July. That takes place. So go check those dates out if you're interested in watching them live. Keep an eye on the social media as usual if there's any other upcoming dates coming up. Right, that's it for another episode. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ready to Mosh Cast. And we're also on Facebook, YouTube and TikTok at Ready to Mosh. Give us a like, a share, follow, whatever streaming platform you're on. Just share it. Stop moving.